Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Installing Profitability series of the Behind the Surface podcast. I'm here today with Eric Tryon, and I'd like to thank our sponsor, Eric Baca Systems. They've been so great. It's folks like them that make these things possible. And of course, Eric, if this is the first time someone's listening, um, you are the retired hard for me to use that word with that um, board of yours behind you. The retired CEO of Premier Surfaces um, have over 30 years of experience in the industry and uh, serves on our ISPA board of directors as well. So thanks again, Eric. And, you know, today we're talking about uh, planning for growth, planning, planning, planning for, for growth. planning for growth. And you what know, most I, people tend to not have the time to do, right? They're too, they're too busy, too many distractions. How can I plan for it when I've got all these things on my to-do list to do? Um, so this is one of those topics that um, you got to get really intentional about, and we'll talk in a little bit more detail. So today we're going to tease up our workshop and Nance, do you remember when the workshop is going to yeah. be? Yep, that's July 13th, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And you know, Eric, I just want to throw out there in all this series, I think, I don't know, this is like our, we're probably at the dozen or the baker's dozen somewhere in there. But I think what's really interesting is the way that you've framed the order, right? And very strategically so, because the last, the last conversation, right? Um, Fierce, fierce conversation. conversation. Fierce conversation. So I love it. So you're over the fierce conversation. It's a little bit like you're at the top of the hill now. Yay. Right. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about, you know, preparing for growth, right? So I love that. I think that is um is very is very good. And for those that again, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, go back and listen to them because there is an order and a cadence that Eric has called out that I think is is really perfect. Well, very kind intro, Nancy, thank you very much. So, all right, so this is one of those topics, you know, this is, um, everybody's different, but this is the aspect that I love about um, being an entrepreneur and being a business owner, right? Because we, have the opportunity to become the architect of exactly what we want our company to look like, our department to look like, our company to look like. Um, and we have the ability to kind of just say, hey, listen, wouldn't it be cool? And to sit back and say, well, that would be nice. And I think the difficulty of this is that vision of what we want the ideal future to look like and where we want to go, sometimes there's a pretty big gap between current day to where we're going to go. So um, in our workshop, we're going to talk about, and I'm, I'm going to use a case study of, of solving one of the biggest problems we had um, in scaling our company before we sold it, and kind of just take you through a step-by-step, -step and we'll, we'll roll up our sleeves, and you'll get a very uh, behind-the-scenes look of the thought process on the front end, our, our problem, what we were trying to do and, and the end results of what we ended up creating. So, and I think it's very relevant to 
probably the number one challenge that people face today in their businesses. So the first thing that we've got to talk about um, when we talk about planning for growth is we've got to be smart about it, okay? And when I have conversations with fabricators, you know, I've come down to some very <laughs> few but very important bullet points about what's really important for them to become the best version of what they want to be. And, and the first is being smart versus, I'm going to use the term dumb. Um, and what I mean by that is we are starting from a point of where we are today and we are going to go to a destination that we want to go. And we're going to talk about the process to get there, but we also have to be really focused on the right drivers and focused on the right areas that we want to influence. And I, I see a very common mistake with so many fabricators. And I think it's, you know, it's the majority uh, in the conversations I have. There is this notion that growing my top line is good. And therefore, if I do that, then good things will happen as a result of that. And I don't um, believe that statement is accurate. I really would challenge people to look at your business and say, what are we trying to achieve? Where are the big, biggest opportunities? What are our biggest exposures today? How far would it take to go from where we are to where I think I want to go? Um, but the first thing we should do is focus on what's most important. And, and I believe the bottom line of profitability and work-life balance and fulfillment are more important than just saying, hey, I got a $20 million business or I have a $30 million business or a $10 million business. I just don't think that's the smartest way to, to go about this um, process. And, and I will challenge everybody that I speak with of, you know, first question, they say, I want to grow my company. I say, why? Why? What, what specifically are you missing today or are you looking for that you don't have? And if they can't answer that question, you know, it kind of leads me to the conclusion that they really haven't given it the time, effort, and energy that it, that it deserves. Um, our top line ends up becoming um, our biggest nemesis because the more that grows, the more problem it creates inside of our business and our companies. Uh, and that is not necessarily a, a, a good thing. So that's the first thing of, you know, what we focus on in the levers. The second is being realistic versus, you know, living in this dream world. Um, when I say realistic, what do the metrics in your business tell you? And, and a couple that I'll give you an example that I think are really important. To me, one of the, the, the biggest indicators of how healthy a business is, is the culture. And my culture meter is read by what is the employee turnover look like? And if your employee turnover is high, you know, that means there's something going on that's driving people away, you know, and identifying what that is, is, is really important. So if you think you got a great company and you got a great culture, but you have a lot of turnover, you know, that's definitely a disconnect. There's something going on that is telling us otherwise than what you may think. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, getting real with ourselves is half the battle here. You know, we cannot go into this with unrealistic expectations of what we have, where we're starting from, and then where we wanna go. If I have a heavy uh, focus in the production builder world, and I think I'm gonna jump 
to direct consumer in a very high-end market, that's a pretty big gap to jump into because I need now a more sophisticated installation base to do that. I need a whole project management team and customer service team to support those homeowners. So it's a pretty big jump. So there's so many things that have to change inside of our business model in order to set us up for success in making that transition or, or, or uh, develop and generating a new uh, channel of business. So that's what I mean when I talk about being real, realistic versus not. So the process that I, that I think and I encourage people to use is you got to you have to evaluate the following. You have to evaluate your people. You know, do you have the right people on the bus? You know, do you have the right asses and the right seats on the bus? Um, the five dysfunctions of a team, great book. You know, one of the first things that they say in there is, you know, you have to have the people uh, in the right positions that are going to be set up for success. And if you have a square peg, ground hole uh, of a role, it's just not going to work. And if you've listened to me uh, speak before, you know, that one of the biggest um, things that I talk about is, you know, we as leaders and managers have to set our people up for success. And if I'm putting somebody in a position, I always like to use the measure tech as an example, but they just don't have the DNA and the skill set to do that job effectively. Now, could they do it eventually? Yeah, maybe. But that role requires an excruciating amount of attention to detail. It's got to be right, right? So if I have somebody in that role that is not really rigid on process and they're not really rigid about holding accountability to themselves, they're going to struggle in that. The second thing, processes, right? What got you to where you are today and where you want to go is probably a pretty big jump. And, and what worked then is probably not going to work now. So scalability of are you building processes inside your system that will be able to handle where you're going in the growth? The third would be the management void, right? I think one of the biggest challenges is that we as business owners don't necessarily make the investments into our company and the, and the leadership team and the management team and the infrastructure required to be able to do our jobs effectively. You know, and every, uh, every publication after publication is that, you know, great leaders, effective leaders are not going to have more than 10 direct reports. Ideally, you want to have about five. Uh, and I think if you look at uh, a lot of fabrication companies, you know, their org chart is like a rake. There's the owner and then there's everybody else. That's not good. That's not going to allow you to, to effectively grow in, the, in most part, in most scenarios. And then capacity. Does your team have the capacity today? And, and this is another usually really big disconnect I see with um, owners and managers and leadership teams. They think the frontliners um, how they go about the role and what that looks like every day is one thing. But the reality is if you ask the frontliners, hey, how many distractions do you get uh, tied into every day? It's, it's a lot. And I think one of the best um, methods or one of the best uh, goals is to, how do I remove these friction points inside of my business? And what I mean by that is, how do I make life easier for my employees? How do I create less distractions for them so that they can focus their time, effort, and energy to quality work and really taking care of the customers. And I, I think we live in this very, as a stone fabricator, we live in this very unpredictable world. Every day, 
there's all these things that happen that we didn't necessarily account for on the front end. So how do we make our business much more predictable? Uh, and, and I think that's fairly uh, a big weight that a lot of people and companies carry. So the next thing, what does it look like? Where do you want to go? So every fall, I would, you know, schedule on my calendar, my mountain time. And what I mean by that is I would have a, a retreat, a self-retreat for myself. I'd have very limited uh, distractions intentionally um, of where I was going to go into an environment, meaning I just wanted think time. I needed to get myself out of the day-to-day -day mix. It had to be away from my office. It had to be away from accessibility, from all those things that tend to uh, get in front of us and cause distractions every day. So I needed to remove myself from the environment, go somewhere for a few days. And, and when I was in that environment, it usually took the first 24 hours just to decompress. But then really thinking about what did I want to do and where did I want the company to go? So I would self-assess what happened in the, the current year. Uh, and then I would really look at knowing what I know, where do I want this company to go? Where are the opportunities? Where are our constraints? Where are the choke points? Where are our exposures and Achilles heels? Where are those things that, you know, maybe we're not paying attention to because we're just not thinking about it every single day. So, um, you know, what does that future state look like? And you have to force this. This is one of those things that it's not going to just typically happen by itself. Um, you have to encourage the, the think time of just go allow yourself to close your eyes and daydream. Maybe it's just staring into uh, the ocean and the lake and in the whatever, in the wilderness, in the mountains, but, you know, don't have any, you know, things or items to, on your to-do list other than just allowing and giving yourself permission to think. And when you do, it's amazing to me how things just start to click and the, and the gears start turning and then you start, you know, building off of uh, ideas. And to me, that was always the most productive time. And I would do that every fall. And when I would lead that, I would come back with this framework of, okay, these are the things I think we can accomplish. I'm going to bring this back to my leadership team. And now we're going to put the plan together to go attack. First, I'm going to get the reality check. Are we thinking about the right things? Does this make sense? Are we being realistic or not? And then we're going to put the action items and then who's accountable to what and, and ownership and accountability in place. But when I started doing that, uh, that's when we really started getting momentum and scalability inside of the, inside the business. So, and then the last item I want to point on this is, you know, going back to being realistic and unrealistic, you know, a lot of people, it's easy to say, hey, I'm going to grow by 30% or 40% and I'm going to have this high performing company. Well, are you willing to do what's necessary to do those things or not? Because it's, it's really easy to say, those are just words. But when the rubber meets the road, you know, there are sacrifices that are going to have to be made. There are difficult conversations, you know, you have to maybe replace some people, you may have to add some people. Those are, those are pain points, they hurt. There's a lot of effort and, and time that goes into that. You know, it's just like working out. Everybody wants to be in great shape. Well, are you willing to, you know, work out for two hours a day and need a strict, uh, healthy, clean diet? If it was that easy, most people check the box and do it. Why don't they? Because it's not that easy. Uh, easy to understand, very difficult to do. Easy concept. 
hard to do. And that's what we're going to talk about. So, uh, and then the last thing we're going to do is um, we've got to anticipate and going back to the realistic and unrealistic things, what makes sense, knowing what you know about your company, your business, what trends are happening, you know, where are your opportunities, where are your exposures? Because at the end of the day, uh, you know, that's the wind that's either going to create momentum behind your sales to make things easier, right? Or it's going to be a headwind to make things really difficult. Like the example I said, going from production builder business to direct consumer in a, a very high-end market, that's, that's harder to do. Um, you know, jumping into the commercial space is not necessarily easy to do. So understanding what those opportunities are and understanding hey, what are the trends going on in our marketplace? What's happening? So when we get into the workshop, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little case study of, and we can talk about a few, but I'm really going to dive into the thing that allowed us to scale. And we have, and, and I know everybody feels this pain today in their business. And our biggest challenge for our growth was a qualified lead installers. That was our kind of our choke point. We did not subcontract our installs, you know, we wanted direct employees that we would teach and coach and care and love for um, that would be willing to get on board, you know, get in line with our SOPs and deliver a great customer experience to our customers. And, and we made a commitment to do that. But, you know, the choke point is how do we find these lead installers? It's a hard position to just go out and recruit. And we're going to talk about how we went about the entire process of planning for this growth and then going and implementing a plan and then what happened from it. So in the workshop, that's where we're going to go. Uh, and then of course, we'll, we will leave some time um, to be able to uh, answer any questions. And, and I would love if some um, participants came to the table, whether it's ahead of time or even during the workshop of, you know, let's pull a challenge up and work it out together. And just let me ask you some questions as, as you go through it. You know, one of the, the benefits of 20 years of scars uh, from taking a company from zero to $30 million was, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of war wounds there, a lot of mistakes made, but also a lot of successes. And I can share with you some of those things that worked and things that maybe uh, were a little bit more challenging than we thought. Well, Eric, I think that um, all of these things, they're all tricky, right? And I think every business experiences them and, and I love your your comment about mountain time. I think I'll hold on to that myself. I think it's so critical in this day and age of uh, so many distractions. And um, again, I'd like to thank our sponsor, uh, Baca Systems, that makes all this possible. And Eric, you know, you just spend so much time with me, uh, you know, to help others, and we're so appreciative of that. Be sure to send us a, a you know a note. Send me an email at nancy at isfanow.org, um, and we'll send your challenge over to Eric, and we'll address that on July thirteenth, eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern. And Eric, any last words? Today? No, I just uh, excuse me. I hope everybody has a great Fourth of July weekend and understand what it's all about. And you know, we live in a great country. You no. Know, no matter the, the culture of divide that's going on right now, I really feel blessed and fortunate that we live in one of the best places in the world. So I wish everybody a happy 4th of July weekend and uh, be safe out there and looking forward to chat with you guys again. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks for listening. 
To hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed, subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.